What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy Friday, everybody. My name is Tyler Walters alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing? Doing great, man. Um, big day for the lead block. So we got a big interview coming up in just a few minutes. I am obviously not sounding great. Doing a little little cold thing. It's not great. I have, dude, I have not been healthy in like a month. It is terrible. <laughs> this is the longest I've been sick in my life. Like I keep getting a cold. Like I get over my cold. Then I'm hungover, and then you just catch a cold again because you went out in the cold. So it's just an endless cycle of terribleness. But um, <clears throat> we're going to start in Columbia. Well, actually, we're going to start in Athens yep. Wednesday night, so two nights ago. South Carolina goes to play Georgia. Georgia's had an average year, but they've got the projected number one pick in the NBA draft. And Tom Crean is building something at Georgia. So a win over Georgia like actually means something for South Carolina basketball. Um, like it's it's not like they haven't been beaten Georgia, but it's like this is a pretty good win to put on your resume. Um, the Gamecocks did beat Georgia with the final score, seventy five to fifty nine. Crushed them. Yeah. Like just cr- like I watched the whole game. Well, except for like five minutes because I took a quick five minute nap. But, uh, it was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, I didn't miss anything. Georgia didn't score in the entire five minutes I was asleep. Um, yeah, because South Carolina jumped out to a twenty-five lead in the first half. First half, outscoring Georgia thirty-eight to twenty in the in the overall first half. And you saw Georgia miss all eleven three-pointers in the first half. Dude, they were terrible. They turned the ball over, I think, eight or nine times in the first half. It might, might have got the ten. Georgia could not do anything on offense. And South Carolina's defense was playing tremendously, and their offense was playing good enough to keep up. Yeah. Uh, with a team that was doing okay. Like, their offense was playing average in the first half, and their defense was playing spectacular. So they created a pretty big gap. I think they were up 18 and a half. Yeah. And then the second half, I mean, they their offense got going a little more. Um, how many did Kuznard have? Kuznard was killing you. He had like uh, 20, right? Let me check it out. I do know A.J. Lawson was the hot point man who had a- 20 AJ Lawson points, had 20. Four, uh, four rebounds and two assists. Yeah, Lawson had a pretty good night. I mean, they had some... They were hitting some threes, but, like, they really just, like, they had a good momentum the whole game, and they never lost it. Because I'm sitting there, me and Brendan are watching, and they're, he's like, oh, God, like, I've seen this too many times. Like, they're going to blow this game. And they and they just didn't. I mean, they just played a complete game. Now, so. you said uh, Kusar had 29 minutes. He had five rebounds, three assists, and 11 points. Yeah, so he had a pretty good night. Like he's, whoa, 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 that was my Kuzar. That was Kuzar. Yeah, yeah, Kuzar. Jermaine Kuznar had uh, three rebounds, four assists, and 14 points. Yeah, so he had, like, he's become since that, the Kentucky game, yeah. where he showed out. Now he's starting point guard, and he's been, like, doing very well. I think he's like second or third in points per game in the SEC for freshmen. So, which, I mean, half the SEC is freshmen because of basketball and you're one and done. But, I mean, that's incredible. And it's like they have a rhythm right now going. So they won seven of nine. They got Tennessee on Saturday. They got LSU still left. They got Mississippi State twice still left. Um, like you like you need to beat Tennessee. Uh they have to play Georgia again later in the season. That's another game that's winnable, and this time it's in Columbia. Um, you need to win against Mississippi State at least once, whether it's home or on the road. And then you need to beat Mississippi State at least once. Um, and then what is that? you got Vandy at the end of the year away at Vandy. Vandy's pretty bad this year. But, like, you're, you're through, like, your, your tough, tough games other than LSU. 
like your your really hard games. All the games that are left are winnable. Yeah. So, like I wouldn't even say LSU is unwinnable for South Carolina. It's just a very tall task. Yeah. And the Gamecocks are fifteen and nine right now. So this is a better, a pretty decent record right now. Yeah, I mean, like without the Stetson loss and without the uh, the BU loss, like early in the season, there this is a tournament team. Seventeen to seven. Yeah. So, but now, like with those those losses, the Stetson loss is terrible. With that loss, like you have to get yourself out of it. Like if they win, like most of these games left. If they only lose to LSU, and they split, if they lose two games. Like, they'll probably make the tournament. As long as they don't get blown out the first game of the SEC tournament. Like, they'll probably make the NCAA tournament. So, like, they're setting up for a really good year. But the one thing I will say negative has been since Darius left, and I think Brendan and I were kind of talking about this as we watched the game the other night, South Carolina has been one good playmaker away from being a really good team yeah. in the SEC and, like, actually making a splash. So they just, like, year after year now, it's like they're trying to find – they're they're grabbing for something that's just like not there. Yeah, and I, they that like they need that. They're probably hoping that when seventh comes next year. Obviously, this year isn't over, but when seventh comes in town, he's from this area. He'll come in and make a huge impact, and so I'm I'm sure he'll be a fan favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hammond kid, seventh Woods, big recruit out of high school, goes to North Carolina, like, and he was talked about coming to South Carolina at the beginning, and then he was like, well, I mean, whatever for whatever reason, he went to North Carolina. Who is having an abysmal year, yeah. uh, by North Carolina standards, and now with him coming back to South Carolina, like, and he's finally gonna have a chance to really show his talent because he didn't do that in North Carolina, and he's gonna do it in his own backyard, basically where he grew up. Like that, that could be huge for South Carolina. Like if you retain some of these like players you have now, like if you keep Lawson somehow. Yeah. And, I mean, Kuznar's probably going to stay. He didn't start until the middle of the season. So, like, if you can keep some of those small playmakers, and you can keep, like, Frank Martin's floating this team right now, for the, and he has for the last couple of years. He's just, like, floating a decent team. And he needs one good playmaker, one big-time guy. Like, he doesn't have to be the next, you know, Zion. Like, just a really solid playmaker who can stand out on this team like they are a tournament team. A hundred percent. Also, one thing to think about, 7th actually went to middle school right there again, just like the inner city before he went to Hammond. So he's like literally probably about 10 minutes from home. But speaking of a good team, well, being close to being a good team, a good team in Auburn did in fact beat Alabama. Good team this year. Like they've lost two games. Like they're having an incredible year. I didn't think they were going to be good following their final four appearance. I was like, okay, they're probably going to do what South Carolina did. And just fall off them out. Yeah, I mean, not completely. Like have a respectable year, but like back to what you would think. Yeah, but no, nah, they've actually been playing well. They beat Alabama with a final score of 95-91. to Auburn is now 22-2 and and the number 11th ranked team in the country. Yeah, they're, like, so they're, the first time they played Bama, they got beat by, like, 20, I think. Yeah. Uh, wasn't really close. But, yeah, they had, this game is in Auburn the other night. This game, I'll tell you what, the one thing I was sitting down watching it, and I said this as we were watching it, this game, it was missing Chuck. Like, Charles Barkley, like, should have been there for, yeah. for Bama, like, Seeing his just stupid face on the sideline, like, makes me laugh so much. He, Charles Barkley loves Auburn. Yeah. And when they get him there for, like, these, these, I mean, Bama's big, but, like, Bama isn't some basketball prodigy school. Like, they're not going to make the tournament. They have a decent team. But, and a first-year head coach. Like, they're, like, it, when Auburn, like, has a pretty good basketball tradition and, like, some stories in there. And, and, like, 
this game played like it was the biggest game of the year. The stands were packed. Good yeah, I saw that. I, I was kind of shocked because I was wondering. Like, I know it's a rivalry game nonetheless, but I didn't realize that, it, that was a big deal. Yeah, they're just missing Charles Barkley. Like, yeah. I, and he, Not to say that Charles Barkley doesn't go to Auburn. Charles Barkley's at Auburn all the time. I just wanted to see Chuck Wednesday night. Yeah, I, I would like, like to I see I love him. when he's there. I, Charles Barkley is like, I mean, it's always him and Shaq are like the best commentators and basketball guys, but like Charles Barkley being around Auburn and not even necessarily talking basketball, just talking Auburn is some of the most interesting stories you're going to get anytime Charles starts talking about Auburn. It's And he hates Alabama fans. Yeah. I, he hates Alabama, which is just incredible. It's everything you want an Auburn icon to be. I would love to see, like, sit down, because there's some stories he won't even tell on the air, but I would love to, like, just sit there at the bars on the way them, just let him just go to work. Because knowing Charles Barkley, I know he has some crazy stories out there at Auburn. So they go to overtime, and Bama just kind of blow, like, they shot 59 threes Wednesday night. Yeah. They set the record for the most threes in any SEC game uh, with 22 made. But 59 threes. That, that is everything about the millennial age. Like, that, that shows you right there in a nutshell. I feel like Phil Jackson would puke if he hears somebody scoring, <laughs> fit, shooting that many three-pointers. Like, get the ball to the guy like in the post. It kind of works for him. Yeah, it works I mean, for it him. almost worked really good for him. Like, they almost beat, uh, you know, a top-12 team in the country, a team that's only lost twice. And it's, one other time, like, other than them, they Auburn's lost once. And by the way, it was John Petty on the Crimson Tide who hit the three to put them in overtime. But the Auburn Tigers found a way to pull out the win. And all, Alabama trailed in this game 16-0, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. First uh, half, it, uh, I, I was seeing on Twitter, like, I'm kind of I'm watching the Carolina game. I'm looking on Twitter, and people are like, oh, you think Georgia's doing bad on offense? Go check out Alabama right now. And then I turned the Alabama game on after the South Carolina game ends, and I'm like, well, this game's close. Yeah, so, and they, were, they were almost able to pull out the shock and win at Auburn Arena, but Auburn didn't hold on to win the game. All right. So, last thing. We got this big interview coming up, like I said, but I do want to talk. I just want to say before we go to this, because that'll be the last thing for the show today. As you were listening to this, it is officially college baseball season, which I'm excited about. I'm not very excited about the MLB starting. Um, those reasons we will talk about. I think next we'll talk about sometime next week. we got a guest coming in to talk a little baseball. Uh, we'll get into that then. But as far as college baseball, I'll probably crack down more on college baseball this year because I'm just pissed off as a Red Sox fan. South Carolina opens with Holy Cross today. They play at 4 today, 2 tomorrow, and one thirty Sunday. Uh, if you've never been to an, like, I honestly say if you can deal with the cold weather, this is like the opening weekend, these next two weekends, are the, some of the best times to go to a South Carolina baseball game, like, especially if you're going to take your kid, like, because no one's in the park really. You can pay for general admission, sit right behind the dugout, and it'll cost you eight bucks for a, I don't know, a thirty dollar ticket. Like you, if you're a student, go use your student ticket and go sit wherever you want. No one's gonna boot you out of your seat. Like just make sure no one's sitting there. Be courteous. <laughs> but like, this is a great time to go watch baseball because liter- there's literally no one at the ballpark, and it is awesome. It's like it's like you are the only one in the world who gets to sit like at this sport like it's all being done just for you it's crazy i love going to early season games because it's just like it's still four o'clock in the in the day like so people are working people who have season tickets they're all at work like you're playing holy cross it's not that big of a deal but for a friday like afternoon you're looking for something to do as a college kid you don't have classes four o'clock like seven o'clock like you're probably not going out because you're gonna go into the game because you want to go out that night or do something different Four o'clock is perfect. Go to the game at four o'clock. You're home by, I don't know, eight at the latest. You can leave. 
and you leave it in the seventh inning, like you're still home by eight o'clock, so seven o'clock. Like it's just, it's a perfect atmosphere. I'm excited that baseball is back, especially after South Carolina had a good start to last year and just a terrible finish. Um, and like they, like they're bringing in. They have now have two top six recruiting classes in a row. Mark Kingston's in his second year. Um, second or third? I think second. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, like you have a lot of things to look forward as a South Carolina fan this year. So go watch your team. Um, and if you're, I think Clemson probably plays at four today. So if you're a Clemson fan, go watch Clemson. That's the stadium I gotta make it up to this year because I've never been and it's a beautiful stadium up in Clemson as well. Yeah, so. one of the uh, guys that I work with, Matt, was telling me a little bit different about something about Clemson. Their warning track is a yeah, their bit warning different. track is tilted, like slanted. So most warning tracks are flat, obviously. But in Clemson, like it's it's like this, so you hit the warning track, and there really isn't a warning. Like the warning track, the reason it's rocks, is so as an outfielder when you're looking at the ball and you hear and you you feel yourself step on rocks, you know you're about to hit the wall. Yeah. Like Clemson, like you're just standing on a cliff, like uh, <laughs> you run into a cliff. So yeah. it's not much of a warning track; it's more of just a track. But yeah, it's they've got some unique things about their stadium. But I mean, in this state, you have two of the best baseball programs. Of all time, yeah. ever. Um, outside of Florida State, South Carolina is the number one in win since 2000. Like, you have some of the best crowds in the country consistently. Arkansas and LSU are going to beat you because their stadiums are a little bit bigger. Uh, Mississippi State's got a good baseball crowd. Ole Miss, I saw Ole Miss students were lined up today at 2 o'clock to get tickets or to get into the outfield. Uh, and they don't actually play until – or they were lined up at 2 o'clock yesterday, Thursday. And they don't play until 4 o'clock today, Friday. So 26 hours in advance to get in. I mean, baseball at certain schools across the SEC is crazy. Most schools. Um, I mean, Florida's got a good baseball history. Vanderbilt has a really good past 10 years. Uh, I was actually, I was at Tennessee's field over Christmas break. It's pretty cool. But I'm going to tell you, like, if you're in Columbia and you don't like baseball, or you're not, you just, you're indifferent to baseball, you've never been, you want to go, this field you have right here in Columbia sitting on the river is one of the nicest in the country. Like, wow. Other places do not compete with this. This is a top ten field in anyone's book in the country. Like It's it's amazing. And it's right in your backyard. And it's, you can go watch a game for eight bucks. So go do that. Um, but next we are going to toss it to an interview uh, with a former fo- Gamecock football player, former walk-on Cedric Malone. So Cedric was here during... Steve Spurrier era, we talked a good bit about Steve Spurrier. Um, so, I mean, this was, he told us some things that were just super insightful. And, I mean, some of the things he told us about Spurrier, when, when Spurrier was leaving, uh, there was a story in The Athletic that, I, that um, we talked about in the interview uh, that Josh Kendall wrote a, a week or two ago about Steve Spurrier talking about how he left. You get to hear it. Right now, in you know, in the next forty minutes or whatever, I think we did about forty minutes or so. You get to hear that from a player's perspective. Yeah, and it was incredible. Somebody was there. Yeah, and just just an incredible story from him. Uh, we talked a lot about that. We talked about like his, the start, like his the start of his college football career is ridiculous. So here's a guy. There here's an interview that starts with Antonio Brown, and I think ends with Spurrier leaving. So. I mean, you're about to figure out why it starts with Antonio Brown. It is certainly not what you would be 
Not what expecting. you expecting, yeah. Uh, and, and it's going to lead you to some future future endeavors and digging and stuff. But yeah, so we're going to toss it to that. All right, special guest on the lead block. We welcome in our friend, Matthew's friend. Yeah. Close guy. We'll get you to explain that in a second. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, Cedric Malone. Cedric is from Camden, right? Yes, sir. Camden. Yes, sir. All right. And then you came to South Carolina's walk-on linebacker, correct? Uh, a little bit of everything. Like, uh, first year I got here, I was a corner the whole year. Then they moved me to nickel the next year. Then uh, we got one of the um, – his scheme, it was the uh, Tampa defense, so they moved me to inside linebacker. I, I did, like, a little bit of everything, man. A little bit of everything. All right, yeah. so obviously uh, – we're excited that you're here. Thank you for coming, first of all. Oh, yeah, That's no, how thank y'all for having me, man. Uh, anytime. <laughs> anytime. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, special guest for us on the lead block. Uh, so we're going to get right into it and talking with Cedric. Um, so you came here in, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. And yes, you sir. went to Coastal first, right? Yeah, man. My football journey is a little strange, Explain man. Explain that it's to little, us. So, uh... Coming out of high school, I went to a prep school in Charlotte. I want y'all to look this place up. It's called NC Tech Prep. NC Tech Prep. I'm gonna look it up. Right Antonio now. Brown went there. Really? And, uh, yeah, that's what. That's what. That's how. That's how they got me to go there. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I needed more exposure. They're like, oh yeah, Antonio Brown. Everybody knew Antonio Brown was. So uh, comes to find out, the whole school is a scam. What? And the person that told us was Antonio Brown, because he had they had a preseason game in Charlotte that year. Yeah. He was like, yeah. You know, we, we hit him up on Twitter. He's like, yeah, y'all, y'all need to come meet me. We need to talk about this school. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he told us about it, and he was just like, it's a scam. They're trying to take your money. The school hours don't count. Uh, they actually did an ESPN special on the I, school. I just pulled up. First it's thing I typed. Outside the lines, right? If you type in NC Tech Prep on Google, the first thing that comes up is an ESPN article <laughs> that says selling a second chance, but what kind? Yeah. And the second one is in Antonio. Yeah, y'all look, y'all Antonio look that up, man. Uh, but yeah, he told us about it. You know, y'all we'll need to leave. Deep dive into that for yeah. a really block. Yeah, he uh, he told us about it, and the next day I was gone. I left. A lot of my friends stayed, but I was like, yeah, man, I took that to heart. I just left, man. I was like, so how long were you there for? Uh, I got there at the beginning of July. I left. This is after high school? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. At the beginning of July, then I left, like, in, after, after he told me that was had to be in middle, the end of August. So we were fresh out of camp, you know, two a days, dying out there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just kind of glad he told me. Oh, they took one of my scholarship checks. Really? Like, the week before he got there, I had sent them my scholarship check for $4,000, and they took it. Dog. Dang. They took it, man. But um, are they just, still around nowadays? Oh or? no! After that, ESPN came out there. They were gone, man. Shut they, down. <laughs> shut so, how down. did you guys get in contact? With, so he reached out. Antonio Brown reached out to like you, you know, and your We player, reached like out to him teammates? on Twitter. Okay. Some of the guys, and we met him at this restaurant. I can't remember the restaurant. Why'd y'all reach out to him? Just as like you um, thought something was up, or like oh, just as like yeah, a, it was just it just wasn't. We, <laughs> you're not gonna believe this, but they had us do testing one day. You know, like you know, standardized testing. Yeah. It was literally how many how many carrots do you see on this page? Like five. How many? You know, one can the pat can you do the pattern? One, two, three, four, five. It was like yeah. stuff you learn in kindergarten. It's like this is not real. Like this isn't. So we hit him up, and he was just like, "Yeah, y'all meet me at this restaurant. We need to talk about this school." And so y'all meeting like just in Charlotte? Yeah, it was a restaurant in Charlotte for a preseason game. 
It was just I was just happy, man, that he told us the truth. He was like, "Yeah, y'all need to get up out of there." And a lot of us left. A lot of good, but it was like a hundred. That was another thing. It was a hundred and forty players. Damn God. So I was like, and I'm fresh. I'm like, okay, is it really this many kids supposed to be here? But you know me, I'm just trying to ball and get yeah. opportunity. You know, more exposure. But yeah, man, I left. Um, I did get some good film though. I left after two or three games. Uh-huh. So I got a little bit of film, and I sent it to Coastal Carolina. And they all, and they were doing partials at the time, so they offered me a partial scholarship. Why'd you send it to Coastal? Well, I had talked to Spurrier coming out of high school, and he didn't have they didn't have anything at the time. They had um this one kid I never forget his name. I forgot his name. Well, Sheldon Royster okay. played safety. Okay. I'll never forget him because he was supposed to be the next big thing okay. safety at Carolina. And he was like, yeah, no, nah, we don't have any room. And I was like, okay, but, you know, in the future, if you need anything, just let us know. By the end, you know, boom, boom, you know. Uh, Coach Elliott from Camden, he yeah, was on yeah, staff. Yeah. Yep. So, Sean Elliott, right? Yeah, yep. so that was the connection. I was like, if I always need to come back, I'll just hit him up and go from there. There but you go. I went to Coastal. They offered me a partial. So I was like, okay, this is better than nothing. You know, I'm getting a shot, and they paying for some of my school. So I was like, okay, boom. January, I go there in January. But November that staff gets fired. Oh. I already turned in all my paperwork. You know, boom, I'm I'm stuck. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see. This is like it. all happening in your freshman year, like before you really <laughs> yeah, get freshman year. So yeah. you haven't had really a chance to play football yet. It's no certain. Nah, I haven't. Um, but, um, yeah, I get there in January. It was a culture shock because, you know, those 5 a.m. workouts are – you know, they're killing you. And yeah. me being a freshman, they're like, okay, we're going to kill this dude. Man, I, I remember the first workout, I I didn't even finish it. I went outside and started throwing up for like the past, the, the last 20 minutes of the workout. Golly. And I was like, man, I, and I think he was picking on me. I think he was. I'm pretty sure my coach was picking on me. But I learned a lot that year. I grew a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, after the spring, you know, we went through spring ball and, you know, just, you know, I just felt like the staff, the new staff wasn't really giving me a shot. So, we just uh, how was like, Coastal that year? Because you got that was still FCS Coastal, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so how did they do that year? Because I know right at the end of their time there in the last few years, they were like yeah, they're pretty good. One now. of the best teams yeah, in the they're, FCS. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, when they first started off, they weren't that great. They were decent you when know, you were there. Yeah. When I was there, when I they first started, that's when the new staff came in uh-huh. and changed up the whole culture that it is now. It's it's great now. It's yeah, it's great. I mean, they're now. yeah, they're recruiting like very well. Yeah. They have good teams year and year out. Up the stadium, so yep. yeah, they they're doing real good. I'm proud of Coastal now. Um, but yeah, man, it's just uh, my football journey has been weird, and uh, I left Coastal. I stayed that whole year, not knowing that I could have left that spring. Spring, yeah. I, I thought I had to stay the whole year, so I was like, okay, I'll just stay the whole year. I didn't play ball. I so I did you? I have a question. All right, so did you ask anyone like? If you had to stay, or you just kind of thought you did I, and didn't, I didn't say anything, I didn't say ask. Much? I just, I just, you know, once I knew what was going, on, I was like, yeah, I'm just, I just kind of shut down. I didn't even at that point, I didn't even want to play football anymore. Really, I was right, like, right. I was like, okay, this is how college ball gonna be. I don't want to want no parts of it. Okay. Yeah, but then uh, you know, came back home that summer. You know, I kind of talked. You know, with my grandmother, my grandma, and my mom is my two people. You know, I grew up in a single parent home, so. Uh-huh. Those two were really, you know, kind of got me along the way. My, that's my camp right yeah. there. That's them, <laughs> them my two right there. So I talked to them about it, man. They just said, if you really want to do it, you do it. Especially my grandma. She 
Whatever I want to do, I can say right now, I want to go rob a bank. Go, <laughs> go rob a bank. <laughs> we'll pray for you. I'll be there to get them out of jail. But yeah, yeah. She, she's that type of person. So she's uh, she's going to have my back regardless. But uh, yeah, man, I just, at that point, I didn't want to play. But then I kind of regained the, the focus to get back at it, you know, work out. I hit up Coach Elliott, hit up Coach Spurrier, and they was like, yeah, come on. You know, we got a spot, you know. They only invited eleven guys to um, come try out that year. Um, well, I'm, I'm I'm jumping a little farther ahead now, but um, I didn't do anything all the way up until the next summer. I didn't, you know, from 2012 to 2013, I was just working out mm-hmm. for that whole year, from that summer to the next summer, just literally working out. Then I was, you know, so did you go to school at all, or you were just? I was, yeah, I was still. I got to Carolina in 2013. Okay, that January. Yeah. So you so had already. I, like was, a, I was in the process, you know, just trying to get everything, you know. That going. counted as like your sit out year for the old. So that they took a year. That, that yeah. counted as they took it. They took the year. If you know, once your 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 NCAA eligibility clock starts the minute you start school. Yeah. So it just uh, started there, and then I didn't know that either. You know, if I had knew that, I might have just you know stayed. stayed, stayed. I just know I would have just. I wouldn't. I don't want to say you know drop out, but I would have you know to stop the clock. Uh-huh. You could just stop taking classes. That'll stop your clock. Yeah, good point. Okay, I get you. So yeah. I would have just been like, okay, if I didn't do that, I would have saved the year just by. So that's interesting to me. So I mean, me and Matthew have been talking like, so we talk about college football in here every yeah. week, like you know, twice a week. Yeah. And so all year we've been talking about transfers and like that's kind of this new transfer portal oh, thing. Yeah. But you're only five. This is five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. This isn't like twenty five years exactly. ago. And you're just you basically, as a regular, just average student athlete, mm-hmm. you don't know anything about yeah. what you can and can't do in the transfer exactly. market. You know, I think now kids are learning more now. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm gonna day. touch on that in the in the second. Um, the first year they started the transfer thing was my last year of eligibility when okay. I went to Jacksonville State, but. Um, but yeah, I just went to Carolina, you know, you know, did my thing, and then when Muschamp got here, I left um, after the spring with him. You know, nothing bad. They just they wanted just a fresh start, and I this is my last year, and I needed to make something happen. So that's yeah, when I, I did the transfer portal. So me. how was all right? I this is I want to talk about you being here for a little bit. Okay. So I love Steve Spurrier is I love as Spurrier. a fan is my favorite all time coach love character. Him. He love him. every like. As a kid growing up in, you know, South Carolina, similar places, Camden, like, oh, yeah. Coach Spurrier getting here was the, the first big moment I remember in South Carolina oh, football yeah. history. I'm sure it's similar for you. Oh, yeah. And so I love Spurrier. Story. So tell me, like, some of your best Spurrier quotes, practice things, like, something, conversations that y'all had together that, <laughs> oh, that I were. Uh, I love Coach Spurrier. I love Coach Spurrier. My whole family hates Coach Spurrier. Really? Um, <laughs> I grew up a Florida State fan. My, oh, my yeah. Cousin, so they in the, the mid-90s, yeah, my cousin went to Florida free, State. Free Shoes University is oh, what yeah, Spurrier so they, used to call he, they, uh, they can't stand him. <laughs> Until I went there. You know, my grandmother, of course, you know, she, if I'm there, I'm her favorite. So She just throw on Spurrier shirt. Yeah, she she loves him for now, but uh, my whole family still can't stand him to this day. But, uh, <laughs> they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand, but, yeah. but uh, Coach Spurrier is great, man. He... You know, what y'all see in the media is not who he really is. You yeah. Know, he's real laid back, cool guy, you know, jokes around all practice. You know, out there 
half naked, practically, you know, shirts off, shoes off. There's a thousand <laughs> pictures of him with his shirt off, coach, yeah, and, and it's hilarious. And he, and he, that's just him, man. He's a loose man. He just has fun. Um, doesn't we not there all day? Yeah. You know, it's just you know a lot of coaches. I think a lot, and I think that's what the issue with us is now. Uh-huh. They're there too much. Okay. But Spurrier is, you know, he's just real laid back. That's what. So that's kind of always the thing I thought about how Spurrier coached is from the outside in for, I mean, the average person, it looks like Spurrier's a really strict, like, you know, got, yeah. like the way, like you just said, like mm-hmm. the way he is media, mm-hmm. he's not the same to how his team is. Oh, no. But for someone, like, who really likes Coach Spurrier, mm-hmm. uh, like I would throw myself in that group, is if you, like, listen to the things Spurrier says, especially when he talks back on his times, and he's like, yeah, like when we were on bye weeks, you know, there's a very famous story about, uh, him before they played Florida State in the national championship at Florida mm-hmm. in 96. And him and Bob Stoops, or was that the Florida State game? It might have been the Tennessee game. Not him and Bob Stoops are on the beach. Yep. And that was just, that's who I kind of thought he was. That's, like, that's, 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 is, that's yeah. exactly who he is. Like, he would go to, you know, on off days, he's playing golf. Yeah. He's not. Do you ever play golf with him? Do you go? I him? wish, man. That's probably like a him and his quarterbacks thing, man. He <laughs> he ain't really messing with the defense, but uh, him him and his quarterbacks. I know him and Perry and probably Connor and those guys. Yeah. they'll probably go golf. So I saw a story a couple years ago where um, a suck up suck up was taught. Ryan suck up mm-hmm. was talking about playing golf with Spurrier because oh, yeah. on suck ups he was on a golf team in high school. And I think there was either five of them or four of them. He was the only one that didn't go at least semi-pro in golf. So they he like they were really good golf team. Mm-hmm. Suckup was talking about golfing with him and how it was with Spurrier on the course, and he would not let you beat him. Oh yeah, man! I can. He's competitive now. He is one of the most competitive people I've ever met. So I can definitely see that. Yeah. What are some of the, like kind of things y'all talked about? Like when you had conversations with him. Uh, I mean, he. Like I said, he doesn't really do, say too much to the defense. He'll pick at you a little yeah. bit, you know. Um, he'll just be like, uh, "Let me just, let me see, let me pull something out," you know. For example, um, let's just say one of the DBs um, just not having a good day, and he'll just be like, uh, "Yeah, man, back in my day, you know, if you if you did something like that, you wouldn't you you know you wouldn't be here, you know." He, he, just, <laughs> he just he just pick at you, man. He'll just say little stuff like uh, this. I'm trying to figure out some other stuff he would say. This little funny stuff just to be like, uh, just to mess with. Get, he knows what the get right your, buttons get to head. get. Yeah, he knows how to piss you off in a good way. <laughs> if that makes any sense. That cracks me up. I'm because sure. see, he's such an offensive guy. And, like, with the yeah. defense, I always wonder, like, what is he saying to those kids? Because I know, like, in his core, he's happy you're on their team. But I yeah. still know that. He hates you because you're a defensive guy. Yeah, like, he's exactly. offensive yeah, he's a, he wants to beat the crap out of the defensive practice guy, every man. day. Oh, yeah, every day. Now, one thing I was thinking about was, does he have kind of like the opposite philosophy as far as Muschamp? Because I know when Muschamp first got here, they were practicing on Sundays and things of that yeah. nature. That's, that's, but meanwhile, yeah. Spurrier seems to be a lot more relaxed as far as less pads and things of that nature. Yeah, so I was telling my high school coaches this, this past season, they were like, well, I wonder what's up with, you know, the players. Um, I was just giving an example of, you know, we would only practice full pass once, twice a week, mm-hmm. every other day. And the other days, your shells, maybe, maybe you know, we only practice full pass on Tuesdays. Okay. Every other day is helmets or shoulder pads or just sh- helmets. And you're fresh, ready to go in the game. I guess, he, you know, you at this point, you should know how to 
tackle and prepare yeah. and you know yeah, at this, at this level you're the SEC football you know yeah. what I'm saying you don't really have to beat yourself up in practice it's like triple A if you're going to compare it to you know baseball yep. and then and then uh, on you know after the game on Saturday he'd give us Sunday off you know yeah. you rest your body and if you wanted to come in and get a lift in I used to do that you know instead of Lifting during the week, I just lift on Sundays, and it was like an easier lift. So, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. everybody wants to go on that day because you take a day off out the week. You know, you don't have to get up and go lift. Yeah, yeah. You can just get up on Sunday and get a light lift in, and that counts as one of your lifts. With Muschamp, you're full pads every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you're full every... pads every day. You're beating yourself up, uh, and you're practicing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that, and. It, and that's what I think, you know, the problem is, you know, you're beating yourself up so much during the week. Come Saturday, you're not, you know, you're not physically there. You're not mentally there. You're, you're worn out, you know, and that's, I think that's one of our biggest issues right now. So do you think that's interesting to me? So we just saw like a lot of, I mean, we've seen injuries over, I mean, yep. and you've been talking about this for the past, I don't know, three months, ever yeah. since the whole fitness coach thing, uh, firing came up with, you know, um, I can't remember his name. Right. Dillman. 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 Somebody, Dillman. I mean, right. of course they're going to make someone escape go. Absolutely. Yeah. You and know. Do you, so do you feel like it's more of we're practicing every day or it's, you know, and it's just getting us, we're fatigued all the time and it gives us going to rest? I think it's just, yeah, it's it's not the fact that we're practicing every day. Of course you're going to practice every yeah, day. Yeah, but, but like full, full pass every day. You, I don't believe in that. Yeah. I don't believe in that, man, especially not in the SEC. I mean, NFL guys don't. They don't practice full pads every day. Yeah. You might practice full pads once or twice a week. In I the think NFL. they can only oh. practice twice a week. Yeah, full pads a, yeah. Player, that's what I'm saying. Like, and you know, and I, I think that's the best route to go. Yeah. Um, come, I guess much time coming from the Nick Saban tree. Yeah. Maybe he sees what Alabama's doing. You know, he was trying to mimic that, but you know, you got to kind of chart your own path, you know, see how your players are, you know, reacting to all of that. And if you see too many players getting hit, injured, maybe you need to dial it back a little bit. You yeah, know? that's that's interesting to me because that's something me and Matthew have talked about a lot off air is, you know, the mental fatigue on players because they're physically fatigued. Oh, yeah. And you're practicing point. every day. And like you said, Saban, I mean, Muschamp said that a billion times that, I know I was sitting in a press conference at one point against they're talking about the Alabama game and he said, Yeah, like our practices we run our practices like I ran them when I was Nick when I was with Nick. Like we run them because that's how, you know That was proven to be successful yeah, at times. You know, for for him at least. Um, but that's an interesting point that you bring up is like you can't just you gotta adapt to your players because kit every you know, every place is not the Every same. place is a little bit yeah. different. That's what Tory Gurley was talking about a lot. I used to watch whatever. I used to tune in on him on Instagram Live after games. He was big on that, too. It's like we got to take build our own, like, Carolina way of doing things versus Alabama, whoever else. Also, any favorite venues that you prefer going to while playing <laughs> Tennessee, the Florida's in the house? Uh, Tennessee was the worst. Because really? their, their fans Why? are awful. Yeah. I, they're awful, man. They're just <laughs> awful. Like, <laughs> that this is, is that a crazy is. story because they're just so bad. Like, they got one of my teammates. They've made him so mad. Like, he tossed his helmet into the bleachers. One, not, not bleachers, into the wall. And then it bounced back and he caught it like this. Oh, like, shoot. That's how it was. That just, that's why I can remember that one. It's just so funny. Like, Tennessee fans make you so mad. They're just different. Uh, <laughs> that's that the rocking? best way to put it. They're different. They're, yeah, they're worse than Clemson fans. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, Rocky I, I right think there. that's kind of the sentiment around the SEC 
is uh, the Tennessee people hate Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee is awful, man. What about Georgia? Georgia, I've loved Georgia has. Georgia talks a lot of trash too, but I, I just can't see anyone beating. Because even when Tennessee comes here, they, they're horrible. They talk trash here too. Like that's they gonna don't be the title today. We, uh, Cedric hates Tennessee fans. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that's funny. Um, I, yeah, it's just where'd you like going the most? Like I can't remember. Y'all didn't go to Ole Miss when when you were here. I don't think. Um, uh-huh. Did I go to the swamp? Yeah, so you were here what two or three years with? Uh, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, three so, years. Yeah, three so you years. got to go everywhere in the east. Yeah, but um, Thir- well, yeah, thir- yeah, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, yeah. So like, how like what was your favorite place to go? About to back off a of Matthews question. Favorite place? I mean. My favorite place, I like Georgia. I mean, Clemson's all right. It, it, I was yawning. It, 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 Clemson is not what everybody makes it to be. <laughs> you know, college game day makes it to be. Um, LSU has a special place so, in my stop, heart. Stop right there. We'll go, let's go back to the Clemson thing. On the level of loud, like places that are tough to play in, which I, where would you rank Clemson as compared to some of the SEC schools? Like loud, it's not loud in Clemson. I don't, people, it's loud, but it's Williams Bryce is the loudest. You, you gonna? It's no place louder than Willie will B. When we're rolling, it's no place louder. Spe- I mean, especially during your time, like yeah, you it's were, yeah. My, you my, my first year, year, year you yeah, my first year comment. here was yeah. It's amazing experience. Yeah, that was Connor Shaw's and. Uh, Clowney was still here. So. Good time to be a Oh, time. yeah, it was a great time, man. I'm just riding on their coattails, man. It, <laughs> it was a good time, man. Uh, now, who was y'all was defensive good. coordinator? Was it Lorenzo Ward? It was, Ward? was Coach Ward. Ward. I actually saw Coach Ward in the store one day. He even had hair that day. <laughs> I didn't even know he could grow hair. It was it was, it was was recent. I think his people, his family still lives here. His wife, he comes back. You will see him in public, like right down the street. Yeah. Like, yep. He just being there, like, random. I'm like, I'm just supposed to be at Louisville or something like that. <laughs> some other place. Yeah. Just, talk about Lorenzo for a minute because I think he caught a lot of heat at the end of his time here. He did. He got a lot of blame. What did you – did you think anything changed over his, you know, time as a defensive coordinator or it was just – No, he – I like I like Coach Ward. Um, it was the year that – 2015, a year when they tried to have two defensive coordinators. It, yep. did, it just didn't work. I mean, you can't have two guys – being two defensive coordinator, it's just it's not gonna work. And you know, I just saw firsthand that he wasn't really you know into the the dual the thing. dual thing. You know, okay. he he you know if the other guys running it, he's just back there with his arms crossed like this. So like y'all he's can not, feel that. As but yeah, I can there. feel it. You know, I can look at it. You can tell the body language like he's not. You know, he wasn't into the whole. And they, and you know, at that point, that was the last straw. So they. All that they all got fired. Yeah. So. Who was the second guy? Yeah, so, Coach Hoke. Yep. And Coach Fur <laughs> brought Coach Hoke in, and uh, he was with him at uh, Florida. Gotcha. At, um, with uh, Coach Spurrier. Talk about that last, those last minutes with Spurrier. So I was reading. I don't know if you saw it, but in the he just talked to Josh Kendall with the Athletic last week. I Kendall s- put out a big piece. I seen it, but I haven't read it. Okay, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It is. I mean, to me, it's exactly what I thought Coach Burrier would say. Um, but I think he think he knows that a lot of South Carolina fans just despise him for the way it kind of ended. But I think, like, 
that's Spurrier. If you look back at anything Spurrier ever said, mm-hmm. he always said, when it's my time, I'm going. Yep. Like, I'm not going to. I'm gonna put a bullet in your head, not two in your chest, and let oh. you bleed out. Like that's, that's just <laughs> who he is. But I, he talked about that a lot, and he mentioned and he mentioned in one conversation, Kendall was kind of tweeting out some of the quotes um, that he just kind of felt like it wasn't. He just didn't have the same connection in the locker room. Did you feel that at all, or did you did you feel something change the or connection in the locker room? Yeah, he he said he felt like it was just a different place with players than it was earlier in his career. Yeah. No, I can see what he means. No, it was definitely different, man. It was you had players that didn't care, scholarship players that didn't care. You know, we were losing it, f this, f that. You know, I ain't practicing today. You know, at that point, the just you know, I'm not to toot my own horn, but a lot of the walk-ons were better than a lot of the scholarship players like that year. Like, and as you saw, they played a lot of scholar, a lot of walk-ons that year mm-hmm. compared to the scholarship guys. It just recruiting had got bad. Um, Cosperi let his son do a lot more, you know. Cosperi was just the face of the program at this point. His, oh, son, yeah. his yeah. son was doing all the head of the recruiting, you know, all of that. And they just got lazy, man. And he admitted to that, you know. He said it. He got lazy. And it was just, you know, at that point, yeah, I, I agree with him on that. The players, some of the players in there didn't really care. Some, of course, you got the players that, you know. The stars, oh, absolutely. But was- some... A lot of players did. And so, and so they brought in Muschamp. They thought to be kind of disciplinarian <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I think they, they well, they brought in Muschamp. I th- I think when you when we look back at it, it's easy to say they brought in Muschamp because Muschamp would come here. So yeah, they went after a lot of guys. They did. They did. They really went after some top notch yeah, coaches, they did. and it just didn't I, I work mean, out. Yeah, I mean. They told us who they was going after. You know, really? they came. We had we had a meeting one day, and he, he took Coach uh, Tan, Coach Tanner came in and told us, you know, who they were looking at. You know, he asked us, went around the room, some of the top guys asked him who he was going after. Um, Herman, I knew Herman's on that list. Yeah, Kirby was on that list. Kirby as well. was smart, but you know, he was going to Georgia. Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna say one name, and y'all probably gonna be like, "Thank God he didn't come here." Willie Taggart. Okay. Well, he, he we don't know. That's revisionist really? history. Yeah. Now. Tag- get, what, what oh, they was going to get Tiger before he went to Florida. He went, he went to, to Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Then he went to Florida State. For one year, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and no one knows how that would have worked out if it would have yeah. went here. But yeah. it would have been. Nobody knows. I guess you can look at Florida State, but Florida State is tough, man. It's, it is. It's, what? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead. But I mean, then we just ended up getting much champ. I think he was like the. You know, if you got an A list, B list, he was like in the C category. Okay. So I don't know who we would have got if we didn't get much sent, man. I, a lot of the players were vouching for the Coach Elliott to stay. Okay. Because we love, you know, he's doing good at Georgia State. I guess he is. we can he's doing see, you know, good. we can, we kind of envision that. Yeah, so we didn't. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, much, I mean, Coach Elliott was, is a great guy. He, you know, we we might have not won that many games when he took over, but it's tough to make a change in that at Absolutely. that time. You know, um, a lot of the player at that time, a lot of the players were playing harder. Yeah. So, you know, just I think a lot of players wanted Coach Elliott to have at least get a shot. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Must jump. He came in, tried to kill us. You know, with them winter workouts, them were the worst. I would not wish those workouts on my worst <laughs> enemy, man. I swear to you, I would not wish those workouts on my worst enemy. But what what would you say was like the difference, the main difference between those and all the rest of the winter workouts? Oh, they literally were trying to kill you. Like <laughs> I lie to you not. Like I lie to you not. Those were the most 
toughest workouts of my life, man. Like if I can make, if you can make it through that, you can make it anything, anything you do. Like I swear. Almost sounds like military type. And stuff. and and he started that too. You know that they would during the summer they would go Fort Jackson. Right? Fort Jackson. He started that. So that was his first like big thing <laughs> yeah. in the community. They did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think that's that as hard as what we would go through. That <laughs> that's yeah, that's funny. Um, so what is your kind of relationship now with the team? Do you still talk to guys and like you're? I mean, you're obviously mm-hmm. you know you're right down oh, the road, yeah. so you I, still um, see these guys a good bit. Yeah, I'll be up there sometimes. I'm actually, I mean, uh, me and Matt will go there and work out uh, at the field sometimes. Um, me and uh, one of the former players are gonna go up there. When he said Saturday and workout, you know, okay. we still cool. Um, we, I actually talked to Munchamp. He t- texted me this morning. I had texted him about a player um, that's interested in walking on at Carolina. But um, yeah, there some of the guys. I don't. I'm not. You know, as close to them because it's. I'm a little bit older and yeah. far removed now. But I know a few of the guys left. It's a few, maybe one or two left that I may know. Um, but I'm still around. So I still like going up there. That's something that me and Matthew were talking about what, last week, Matthew, with this the school, the program's kind of relationship with their alumni. Yeah, former players. And their, you know, the guys that kind of, how do you feel? Does that relationship kind of sour in your mind? or? If you were to ask me, some of the other players won't come back and, you know, if you didn't play for much champ, you're probably not going uh-huh. up there. Um, a lot of the players, when we talk about it, you know, with Spurrier, it felt more like family. Yeah. Because Muschampus feels more like business. Okay. okay. So it's just a different feel. Like, if you go to, you know, it's just, you know, if you go over there with Spurrier, you're going to feel like, you know, coming home. You're coming to family, you know. That's just the vibes. Everybody was one big family, despite what it, what it had happened. But Muschamp is more like, you know, it's business. It's, you know, I'm here to win games. I'm not really here to, you know, and the players love him. He's a great coach. You know, it's nothing against him. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's the just, way everything different. is run. It's like like the saving way. It's business. Like, That's what I was thinking. It's just business, you know. See, it's interesting you said family, that, like how it was at Spurrier, because you see all of, I mean, these these Spurrier guys that were here in South Carolina was, you know, 33 and 6 over three different years are still very openly close. Like, oh, you look on mm-hmm. social media, like, it's hey man, good job, you know, whatever. It's it's like I'm yeah. proud of you. Like uh Stefan Gilmore wins NFL Defensive Player of the Year this year, and you look it back, like you can look at almost every player who was here during his time mm-hmm. who met him and it's all it's always a retweet, a quote tweet, something. Yeah. And I mean it's similar with the way Muschamp's teams are, but it, as those guys are getting older now and you see a lot of guys interact with Debo um online or whatever. But it is like I I would very much I, see, that's that's internet because yeah. you can tell those guys are tight. Yeah, and I see. I wouldn't even count Debo because he's a Spurs yeah, he's a Spurs guy. You know, it's not he wasn't much champ didn't recruit yep. him. You know, not to take anything away from what much champ and them did for Debo, but you know, it's just you see the difference with the Spurs guys. I think he recruits more for family. You know, like I can see these guys being a part of you know my family. Muschamp is, how can this guy help me win games? Yeah, and then hopefully in return he can get to the NFL. Now, I do want to ask you, what do you expect now to – two things, actually. So, what do you think about all the coaching staff changes near spring ball, and what do you expect out of the Gamecocks come this fall? Yeah, coaching changes are tough, man, because they had, had like, four – I think it's like four or five positions. Yeah, you know, 
And I keep hearing some people may still be, you know, on the way out or maybe looking to leave. But um, that's tough because spring ball is about to start in a couple of weeks, man. And they got to get, you know, adjusted to how everything's run around here, you know, moving, families, you know, you still got, you got the job to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, players, you know, you don't know what to expect. You know, you just had a coach leave. Now you got a new coach. Uh, it's it's two sides of it. You can have a fresh start with this new coach. Nobody's got a favorite, you know. Or you can just look at it as, you know, my coach, my guy just left. You know, I don't know how this new guy's going to treat me. I might want to leave too, you know. It's just however you want to – however the, the player's going to look at it, you know. So, um that's that. And what else you said? How, what are your, yeah, now I'm just saying what are my projections? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Are you hopeful? I'm always hopeful for my okay. game, cause man, it's I'm more realistic. Last year, I, I, <laughs> okay. I think I predicted four or five wins last year. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, I remember I did you predict that. that. And we got another tough schedule again. I mean, we got LSU. Yeah, going on the road. <laughs> going on the road. Yeah, so it's tough, man. It's I don't know. I would say I would probably say the same thing. Four to five, and you know, I think much has got to win eight to save his job. I agree. With, I would agree with that. Okay. I think. I mean, you look at the schedule this year. You got you're in the real Death Valley. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're, then you go play in the Upstate at the end of the season, and you're in the Swamp. So I mean, who else are we playing? I forgot. I didn't. I forgot the schedule. Wait, the beginning. Who's Jack the first game? does get Georgia at home. You get Tennessee at Tennessee's at home. Right? Yeah, yeah, home. They played at Rocky Top last year. Um, A and M's at home. Uh, the, the the other the the outer conference is not like it has been. I think they open up with Coastal or something. Uh, I got you. Coastal. Yeah, Coastal, East Carolina, Mizzou at Kentucky at Florida. Missouri's at home. Tennessee, A and M. I always circle A and M, but I think Jimbo Fish is really building that program. They got to go to Vandy. That should be an easy win. Uh, go play Georgia here, and then God, Georgia, go to LSU, Wofford, and then come uh, go to, back to uh, Tiger Town. Yeah, it's that that November is one of the. I think they call it a November to remember. Yeah, one of the toughest Novembers we're ever gonna have. And it also depends, I think, on who the quarterback situation too. Okay. Because I hear a lot of I've been hearing about Dottie. You know, I'm from Camden. Curtis yeah. Beach is right there. You know, Not I'm, far from I'm here. Yeah, I've been hearing about him. Um, I like. Um, I like Ryan. He's okay. good. I like Ryan. You know, he's just – I don't think he uh, got enough protection last year, of course. I yeah. Mean, I, I, think I think he was playing him. hurt a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something me and Matthew talked about a lot at the end of the year when the kind of speculation came out, what, the first week of December yeah. about him being hurt. And then uh, yeah, he didn't get a lot of protection. And to add on top of that, he's a freshman. And to add on top of that – He's 3,000 miles from home, even mm-hmm. though his parents moved with him. Yeah. And on top of that, you're in the SEC. Because mm-hmm. this is a whole different style of football in the SEC versus playing in the Pac-12. Absolutely. It's just a whole different way of playing very physical, things of that nature. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said before, his release point's a little bit lower than most people. So when he goes against those really tall defensive linemen, that's something else to adjust <coughs> to. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. All right. Well, Cedric, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it very much. Anytime you want to come talk Steve Spurrier. <laughs> We'll oh, I talk Spurrier all, all day. We'll <laughs> sit here all day. I got you but, know, uh, plenty of stories. I'm surprised you didn't ask me about the day that he left. I mean, the night that he left. Tell me, it. Yeah, how did you did. feel when he? Because I <laughs> look, I was a freshman, and Bates West, 
And when I saw that, I almost broke down in tears. Really? And I never played for him. So I never <laughs> even talked to the guy. Okay. So I'm going to run this. I'm going to tell you all the story. It's, it's, it's a little wild. Okay. So, you know, we got the, 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 the people that don't. You started. You got the starters in the second string on one field, and then you got the third strings in the, you know, uh, red shirts on one field. We call it Monday night practice. So, you know, we are, I'm over there playing. You know, he already – the starters and stuff are running. They're running, you know, suicides, you know, a couple of them, and they go. They go. And uh, we're over there playing. You know, we're doing good, you know, having a good time. Like every Monday, you know, you look forward to it. You know, we don't get much playing on Saturday, so Monday is the day to show that, you know, we deserve to be out here. And, um, you know, he came to us, and he was like, yeah, man, I hear the media talking saying this and that to me about leaving, you know, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not leaving anywhere, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, that's just the media talking. So, boom, we didn't, you know, we didn't think of nothing of it, you know, he was just saying, you know, you know, I might, you know, he wasn't going anywhere right now, you know, he didn't say he wasn't going to leave eventually, but, you know, he was just saying, you know, I'm not going anywhere right now. We get to the locker room, shower, boom, everything's still cool, you know, Get back home, Steve Furrier has resigned. We like what? Like what? He just literally said he wasn't. You know, none of this is true. You know, we just people calling me asking. I was like, no. He just told us like, no, we're not. You know, he's not going anywhere. But that's just crazy, man. At thirty minutes, it was just weird, man. It was just a weird time. And we a lot of the players felt like he quit because they say he they felt he lied to us. Okay. I guess that's and I guess that's why a lot of people, you know, some resentment. Yeah, a lot of players feel that way. um, Felt that way. They still might, but I'm always appreciative of Coach Perry because he didn't have to give me a chance to come up here and play for him. And you know, I I really he really you know fell in love with me because I you know I worked hard. I came in every day, did everything I was asked to do. Uh, One week he was really on me. I had like three picks in practice one day. On a bye week, and he was just like he—he he was rooting for me. And that, like I said, at this time he's at the face. He's not making none of the decisions and none of that. And he's a—he's uh, really rooting for me to you know get on the field. But you know they weren't—they still weren't trying to you know do this and that and other. But you know that's another story for another day too. But but uh, yeah, man, he just a lot of players felt like he just quit. And I don't you know I wouldn't say he's a quitter. I personally think they told him to they told him to leave to you know preserve his legacy. Don't go out, you know, losing, you know, just resign, let somebody else take over the program. That looks better than just going two and something in your last season or whatever. What we were three went three games that year. Okay. Yeah. But you know, that's just my personal opinion. You know, I think they might have came into him and said, you know. Maybe you should let somebody else take over. Take a shot at okay. this one. No, yeah. I definitely understand that. Yeah, I mean, I could see how when someone tells you that and then – Just like give Coach Elliott a shot before, you know, at the end of the year, if he had, if Spur kept going, Coach, we, maybe Coach uh, Elliott never gets that job at Georgia, Georgia State. Because he never knows That's if he true. could do it or not. Never he could, you know, run a program or not, you know. 
I don't I, think we'll ever know. I really don't think yeah, we'll ever know. I don't, I don't think, we, think we will we ever, ever know. know. I think Steve Spurrier will take it to the grave. Oh, yeah. And I don't think Ray Tanner will ever say anything. No, Ray so. probably definitely We need to get in touch with Miss Jerry. She knows. <laughs> I love that lady. I swear to you, that lady will – she remembers every player that has come. That's what, everything I've heard about Miss Jerry has been – You will never hear a one – if you hear a bad word from Ms., about Miss Jerry from anybody, come call me because I will go personally <laughs> – you know, handle that because that that <laughs> lady is awesome. I love that lady. Everybody loves that lady. All right, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for telling us that. That yeah. was, I mean, I still sit around thinking about like <laughs> what in the hell happened and why. Like, yeah, but like man. I understand it. But now, like, I don't know, I'm gonna have more questions going now. Yeah, yeah. Just because you said that last part, you had, you had to throw that in. Oh yeah, I had to throw that, man. I but had to uh, let yeah. You know it's that is. I mean, anytime you want to come to come talk Spurs, I mean, I'm, I'm free whenever, man. Next I, time we'll I, talk I about story. Spurs playing days, and then we'll have you in for Spurs coaching days. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I was a little kid Spurs for the coaching podcast. days. Um, I mean, my family, you know, they might not have nothing nice to say, but they got more memories of his coaching days than I do. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but that's just it is what it is. I mean. But I appreciate appreciate you guys having me. I think so. I'll definitely come on whenever y'all you know will have me. Absolutely. I thank you. Thank you. Guys. All right. Appreciate it. All of Famer for the league, B. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.